listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16, another podcast recorded in isolation. Ryan Schweitzer along with Craig Boschman. Oh, man, uh, a haircut would be awesome. March 19th, uh, I wonder how busy they're, they're going to be around town. Uh, they're going to be people lining out the door six feet apart, of course, uh, to yeah. get their haircuts on May 19th, I think. That's going to be crazy when that happens. So hopefully that restriction is lifted by then as according to plan and everybody's staying disciplined out there in these challenging times. All right, the Broncos This Week podcast. Uh, early bird season ticket holder deadline. we got to get a plug in for that. That is uh, fast approaching middle of May. So an opportunity for people to save a few bucks there. Yeah, May 15th, the uh, early bird deadline uh, comes and goes. So if you're uh, you know, waiting to renew or thinking about getting your tickets, uh, really no better time to do it than uh, right now. All right. And uh, also something that's going to wind down, uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. So on Thursday of this week uh, at 8 p.m., Thursday, the 30th, right? Yes. That's when that uh, jersey auction, uh, those three jersey auctions are going to wind down with proceeds supporting a much-deserved night out for frontline healthcare workers. Yeah, there's three jerseys up for auction right now. They end at uh, 8 p.m. on uh Thursday, April 30th, uh, the three jerseys, the Broncos Strong uh, Tribute uh, jersey, the 57s night jersey from this past season, and also the uh, WHL suits up to promote organ donation presented by Remax jersey up there for auction as well. Uh, details of the, the, I mean, the full details are on the Broncos website, but uh, the proceeds, as Swites mentioned, uh, going towards frontline healthcare workers to give them a night in the Broncos suite along with a $100 food and beverage uh, voucher. So a uh, great opportunity to get some very unique uh, Broncos memorabilia and also support uh, those who are doing their best to keep us safe. Yeah, exactly. Uh, proceeds from that auction will go towards a night out in the Broncos suite for frontline healthcare workers uh, during the 2020-21 season. All right, like many episodes of the Broncos This Week podcast, we're going to take a look at the past and take a look at the future as uh, alum and member of the 2018 Western Hockey League champions, Giorgio Estefan will be joining us live from his home in Edmonton. Yeah, he just wrapped up his uh, second season with the Newfoundland Growlers. Uh, unfortunately for them, they were first place in, in the ECHL when uh, the season was uh, canceled. They were hoping to defend their Kelly Cup title, but uh, he had a great year, played 25 fewer games than last year, but put up basically the same amount of points. So it looks like he's ready to make that jump to the American League. And great chat with him to get his perspective on uh, pretty much his whole career, but uh, was really open and honest about his uh, his feelings when he found out he was traded from Lethbridge to here. It was kind of interesting to, to hear him talk about that. Well, it was tough. He was such a vital part of that Lethbridge organization, and uh, he came here and was a big contributor to that uh, eventual Western Hockey League champion for the Swift Current Broncos. What, what put him on the podcast radar for this week is Honor Social media we're doing a lot of the this day in bronco history type things and just going through it it was uh this week two years ago that the broncos were playing lethbridge in that series and he just blew up six goals in six games including a uh, game one hat trick so he was certainly motivated against his former team and uh, it was awesome to catch up with giorgio also this week on the podcast uh, we'll take a look into the swift current broncos future as well yeah two broncos draft picks from this past year 2020 we've got uh, grayson berzinski who was picked up 44th overall uh, 
out of Winnipeg and also out of Winnipeg in uh, Liam Saxberg, who was drafted 60th overall. Uh, the uh, draft pick used to draft Brzezinski is part of the very large Joel Hofer trade tree, the second rounder from Portland that was picked up a couple of years ago. So he is the latest addition to that trade tree, which I think is going to spread out uh, for a long, long time in the Western Hockey League. Well, the Cody Eakin one is still going, so there's no reason to think that the Joel Hofer one would be any different. Uh, I think Raph Pelche is the last descendant of that one. I know you broke it all down. But uh, yes, Liam Saxberg also joining us. Was, was that... Saxburg selection, was that one of our picks or was that a trade one? Too? That was from uh, the Ben King trade with Red Deer as well. So that's another one of the branches off uh, the King trade that had four uh, pieces coming back to Swift Current. Now, Brzezinski, uh, we were talking off air about him. He's a big kid, big defenseman. You know, what kind of game does he play? And, uh, you know, talk about how he just recently decided to focus on hockey after he was uh, showing some prowess in another sport, too. Yeah, I was chatting with uh, Broncos Director of Player Personnel, Gary Aubin, about all the draft picks, and um, you know, the one thing he said about Grayson was that he was a, a very talented volleyball player and kind of just sort of, I guess, kind of realized this season that if he dedicated himself to hockey, how far he could take it. And the numbers speak for itself. I think he finished in the top two or three in, in the Winnipeg uh, Bantam League in, in defenseman scoring uh, 58 points from the back end. It was teammates with uh, the Broncos' 42nd overall pick, Ryland Gould. So, uh, a guy who's already six foot three and like 210 pounds. So he's got that size. He can clearly score with the numbers that he put up. And and a guy who is now fully dedicated himself to uh, to being a hockey player and uh, really looking forward to seeing uh, everything that he can bring uh, to the ice uh, training camp uh, this coming year. All right, and uh, and also Liam Saxberg joining us. What have you found out about that young prospect? Well, yeah, kind of interesting. Uh, again, speaking with Gary Alban, he was a kid who who was drafted as a defenseman. He's a full-time defenseman now, but he just made that transition to the back end uh, this past year. He, he played a little bit of defense uh, as a peewee, but uh, played forward last year and then moved back to defense this year and uh, is a guy who, by all accounts, has some very you know elite skating and offensive talent, uh, being a guy who played forward for so long and has now made that transition to defense. So uh, a guy who, again, put up a ton of numbers from the back end in that same league that uh, Brzezinski was playing in and uh, looking forward to seeing the guy uh, kind of buzz around the ice at training camp. Yeah, and uh, you know we, we often get pictures of these prospects that we use on our social media and whatnot. So, so, what's with that one with Saxburg in the war paint? Was <laughs> was that something his team did? Or? Yeah, it must have been. I remember um, when I was in the BCHL, there was a team in Chilliwack that uh, whenever playoffs rolled around, their players always came out with eye black underneath or some sort of design on their faces. So maybe it was the same thing with his uh, Winnipeg Warriors team, uh, probably a playoff thing where they decided, or a tournament maybe, and they decided to, to put on the war paint. But uh, yeah, kind of interesting to see him standing there with the trophy and he's got these gigantic black war paint things under his eyes it's pretty funny looks like the road warriors from old school <laughs> wrestling days but uh, in any event uh, Brzezinski and Saxburg will have those prospects on Broncos this week and we'll also have that chat with Giorgio Estefan coming up this is Broncos this week brought to you by Original 16 it's time to go down the pipeline presented by Crescent Point Davies scores a hat trick for Josh Davies. But we take a look at the next generation of Swift Current Broncos. Joined on the phone now by Swift Current Broncos second round pick, 44th overall in the 2020 WHL Bantam draft. Grayson Brzezinski joins us on the phone now. Grayson, uh, first things first, congratulations on the draft. Uh, kind of wondering what your immediate reaction was uh, when you saw your name pop up on the screen. Thank you. Um, I was like, super excited. I didn't think I was going to be drafted. In the second round, I thought it was going to be a little bit later. Just I'm super excited. Uh, just kind of wondering who you who you were sharing that uh, that moment with. Uh, I'm guessing you were kind of sitting there uh, following along with your family. 
Yeah, I was sitting sitting around the computer with my mom and my two sisters. So you see uh, your teammate and your captain, Ryland Gould, go uh, 42nd overall. Uh, how happy were you for him to see his name go so quickly? I was, I was super excited for him. I think he's a great player, um, super great guy. Um, I think he's just, hey, he's a great guy. I was super excited for him. So then two picks later, uh, you see your name pop up on the screen, and uh, not only do you get a chance to potentially be teammates uh, with Ryland down the line, but uh, you mentioned that how you weren't really expecting to go that high in the second round, but uh, to see your name pop up and, and see that uh, sort of reality come to life of, of being a WHL draft pick, uh, what did you kind of do as soon as you saw your name pop up on the screen there? I started jumping and screaming. I thought I just, I was, I was just going crazy. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's an absolute dream come true. As you said, like, I could, I could, like, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. It's just, just a dream. Well, you had a phenomenal season uh, with the Winnipeg Monarchs, 19 goals and 39 assists uh, as a defenseman. Uh, it's easy to look at those numbers and say that you're an offensive style defenseman, but uh, how would you sort of uh, describe your style of play? Uh, I think I, I think I'm an offensive defenseman. I I jump jump up in the play quite a bit, but I can also play a defensive role. I could be a shut down D if if um, Swift Swift Current needs me to play that role. But uh, I like to play up in the play and um, just be on the board. Now, I'm sure uh, you'll learn this quickly uh, when you come to Swift Current for training camp and then potentially playing games, but the fans here in Swift Current, they love those big physical-style defensemen. And uh, looking at you, I mean, 6'3", 205 pounds as a 14-year-old, uh, are you a kind of one of those defensemen who uses your size to your advantage whenever you can? Yeah, I think I, I think I start to do that more. At the beginning of the season, I kind of wimped out a bit out of that. And towards the end, I kind of got a kick in the butt and started... Uh, Using my using my big my big body to shut down guys. Now you mentioned that uh, you're happy to play sort of any kind of role that uh, the Broncos could potentially uh, want you to play in the future. But um, let's just look a couple years down the line here. Let's say you're in your second or third year with the Broncos here. Uh, what sort of role would you sort of uh, envision yourself playing here in, in, a, in a Broncos jersey? Uh, I think I could be a, a leader on the team. Um, I could be just uh, an offensive D, get 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 up in the play, get um, also play a shutdown role if I need to. Like I could play just defense and shut down their the other team's top lines and shut them down from scoring. Now I would imagine you. Uh, I mean, being uh, you know a fourteen year old Canadian, I would I would guess you follow the Western League pretty really closely. So uh, do you know much about uh, about the Broncos organization uh, before the draft uh, was going on today? Not too much, no. I I tried to get get to know all the teams a little bit before the draft, just in case they picked me. But uh, I had a teammate, Kai Smith. His dad used to be an assistant coach for the team, so I I knew a little bit from him. Now I'd imagine you had a couple of conversations uh, with the Broncos, either you know leading up to the draft or maybe even uh, throughout the season. So um, have you spoken to the team ahead of time, and then sort of what of the what are the conversations consisted of? Yeah, I talked to the the director of scouting um, a few days before the draft, and he was just talking to me about the way I played and just stuff like that. And he's such a great guy, super nice. And then the day before the draft, the the coach and the GM called me, just asking how, um, just asking about the same questions, just seeing 
like how I was going to play, if I was going to play for them, just all those type of things. Well, hey, Grayson, uh, congratulations on uh, being a second-round pick in the Western League. I'm sure it's uh, very exciting for you and your family, and uh, thanks for taking my call here. Yeah, of course. I'm super excited. Joined on the phone now by Swift Current Broncos, third-round pick, 60th overall in the 2020 WHL Bantam Draft, Liam Saxberg from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Uh, Liam, uh, got to wonder what your reaction was when you saw your name uh, pop up on the screen during the draft. Uh, I was stoked. I was uh, really excited. It's something I've wanted for a really long time, and just when that happened, I was like just really happy and excited for everything that I knew was going to come in the future. Did you uh, have any a sense of, of where you might go in the draft uh, leading into the day? Um, I had a feeling I was going to go or come get drafted by Swift. Uh, they showed a lot of interest in me on the phone, and I was really excited to be drafted by them. I did some research on the team and everything. So yeah, it was great. Well, that, that's perfect. Uh, what sort of things did you sort of learn about the organization after doing some research? Uh, I just kind of searched up about like the, when they won the championship and everything, just looked at some of that. And uh, one of my sister's old friends actually played on Swift Current, uh, Brettler Nout. Uh, he was a very good player for a long time here. Um, so you're uh, a defenseman out of Winnipeg. Uh, the Broncos picked five players uh, for Manitoba in this draft. Are you familiar with uh, some of the other guys the team took this year? Uh, yeah, when I was actually eight, I played on a, a little spring team with uh, Ryland Gould and Grayson Brzezinski for a bit. And I thought it was kind of funny when we ended up playing or getting drafted by the same depth team. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Well, and, and the three, you guys had great seasons. Uh, you had 47 points uh, this year as a defenseman, 19 goals, 28 points, or 28 assists, sorry. Uh, what is it about your game you think allows you to have so much offensive success? Uh, well, this was my first full season of as a defense. I always played forward, and last year I finished second place in scoring in the league. So when I came back on defense, I felt like I kind of had a, more of an offensive mindset than some of the other defense, so kind of just – had more of an offensive game. So that transition from uh, forward to defense, uh, was it kind of a coach's decision or, or did you just feel more comfortable on the back end? Uh, what kind of went into that decision? Uh, well, I was playing forward last year, yeah. So then uh, during the Director's Cup for uh, Team Manitoba, I had to f- go back and fill in for a defense because one of the defense got injured. And I just did really good there. So I decided to play forward or defense, I mean, for the next season. Well, and it looks, I mean, it obviously worked out well for you, not only with your point total, but with being drafted here. And it also looks like you served as an alternate captain for your team this past year. Uh, why do you think the coaching staff sort of trusted you to be a leader on your team? Um, well, I'm always focused around the dressing room and uh, on the bus and everything. So I always try getting the team ready for warm up and just getting ready for going on the ice and trying to get a win. Now, your uh, role as, as a player in the future, uh, when you look down the line, maybe a couple of years and, uh, you know, in a Broncos jersey, what kind of role do you think you could play uh, in the Western Hockey League? Um, I want to be an offensive threat in the league, but not just an offensive threat. I want to be able to shut down the other team. If we need to hold a lead, lead or if we need to get a win, I want to be able to go out there for the last couple of minutes to try getting that extra goal. Liam, this uh, this is great. Uh, I appreciate you taking my call here. Uh, congratulations once again, and uh, welcome to the organization. Uh, thank you. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. 
On the telephone right now with uh, Swift Current Bronco alum and a current member of the uh, Newfoundland Growlers of the ECHL, part of the Toronto Maple Leafs organization, Giorgio Estefan, joining us from uh, his home in Edmonton. Giorgio, uh, what are you keeping busy with uh, during isolation times up north there? Um, you know, the first little bit was just, uh, you know, rest and recuperate the body. You don't normally have uh, have this much time to to relax and let your body wind down and stuff. So that's what i kind of been doing for the first little bit here before I uh, get back training. So, I mean, when you guys got the news of uh, the ECHL cancelling the season, it looks like that was on March 14th, so about a month and a half ago. Uh, what was kind of the reaction from uh, yourself and also your teammates? Um, pretty big shock, but I don't think at the same time uh, we thought that it was it was fully over. Um, you know, you never know what can happen. And um, we also, you know, it was a while ago, so we didn't really know um, to the extent of of the predicament the whole world's going through right now. So um, there's a lot of shock, and um, you know, especially because we're gearing up for for a long playoff run and. Um, you know, our team's really confident in, in one another, so it kind of really dampened the mood. And But, I mean, obviously there's a bigger picture at this, and, you know, we never would have, um, you know, guessed what uh, what would take place in the next, you know, month or so. So it's uh, it's pretty uh, pretty crazy stuff going on right now, but, uh, you know, I'm glad everyone's taking precautions. Yeah, what kind of stuff uh, can you do? You mentioned you're, you're resting right now, but, uh, you know, in terms of off-season workouts and, and whatnot, I guess, what what are pro hockey players doing to kind of stay active and stay fit during all this? I mean, it's kind of just going back to the basics, to be honest with you, not having, uh, I mean, it's not like I got a full gym uh, available in my basement and stuff like that. So, like, to be honest, yesterday I purchased a, a hockey net to be able to shoot pucks and stuff like that in the backyard, so... Um, you know, there's obviously not a lot you can do. Go for maybe go for a run or um, you know, like push-ups and sit-ups, kind of like you used to do back in the day and stuff. But um, lucky that uh, the Maple Leafs organization has has been able to help us out with nutrition and um, you know, kind of a yoga class and stuff like that. So being able to keep active and stuff like that is uh, kind of the major part until you know things open up and we can get back in the gym. Well, and looking at your time in the league here, Giorgio, uh, you put up 100 points in your Bantam draft year and you go fourth overall to uh, the Lethbridge Hurricanes. How cool was it to stay, you know, relatively close to home uh, during the draft? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a really special day for, for my family and I. And um, being a family where hockey wasn't a real prevalent sport, um, you know, the WHL draft kind of coming up was, was something we weren't too familiar about. And, um, to hear my name, my name called, and uh, you know, kind of the whole process that kind of led up to it um, got really exciting really quick. And you know, I was definitely uh, super excited to kind of be uh, able to see my family every once in a while. Fourth overall pick, one pick before a guy that uh, would eventually be a teammate of yours, and Glenn Godden. Uh, you know, what do you remember about uh, about this time just after you got drafted? Uh, there's a lot of kids that are going through that now. The the WHL Bantam draft just happened. You know, what do you remember about that time between the draft and your first training camp? Nothing but excitement, to be honest with you. I think uh, you know, going from midget and Bantam and stuff like that, where I guess it's probably not as as serious as uh, I think now it's pretty serious, kind of those levels, and people are uh, really taking into new gear, the the new leagues and stuff like that. But um, you know, everyone was uh, you know kind of focusing on the major goal, kind of get, being able to get drafted. And one, once I did, I I kind of realized that I need to take it up a notch, and 
knew that uh, you know that everyone's bigger and faster. And I think definitely one of the the big terms was uh, I was a relatively decent sized guy, but I don't know if I really had the strength to kind of play at that level. So um, that was kind of one of the the major components that I kind of got into um, in the summer right after I got drafted. Well, you had a pretty solid rookie year with 24 points in 64 games, but I wanted to ask about your experience at the U-17s. You played for Team Canada Pacific, six points in six games. Uh, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, it was actually really exciting. Um, you know, we, we brought it down to playing a good American team in the finals and um, knowing that it was going to be a tough game, um, you know, it, we definitely took a, a good battle against them considering – um, you know the team we had out of out of a small region, and being able to to put the performance that we did together and make it to the finals, obviously wasn't uh, what we had hoped for at that time. You know, uh, you know it was a really uh, sought after thing to be able to even make it to the finals. And um, but I thought we put our best foot forward, and we had a really good group. And uh, obviously we didn't clinch it, but I thought uh, myself as well as everyone else put on a good show for sure. When you uh, when you started in the WHL uh, with the Lethbridge Hurricanes, you know the the Canes are they're a solid organization now, but uh, but they had some issues back at the beginning of your career. What was it like for you, you know, coming in there and and being a face of the organization, a top five pick, and kind of growing along with the organization? Because I mean, now they're they're a solid, stable organization in the league, but it wasn't always like that. And and I guess you guys kind of grew together a bit, eh? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen uh, the good and the bad of what uh, what a, a season can be like, um, being from from the last one of the last place teams and kind of the worst uh, the worst end to, to you know eventually being a champion stuff like that. So it's kind of uh, it humbles you a little bit to be able to see both sides of the spectrum and um, definitely gives you a little bit more drive and a little more excitement coming into the year and trying to make playoffs and uh, just kind of missing out on, on those the good times at playoffs and all the excitement that it really brings. So definitely been, uh, I wouldn't, some people would say lucky, some people wouldn't, but, uh, you know, my my career and all that stuff kind of stems from the lessons that you learn, and I definitely learned a lot of good lessons throughout my career. I know you're a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs organization now, but uh, following your second season, you were drafted by the Buffalo Sabres uh, in the sixth round. Uh, what was the draft day experience like? Uh, were you kind of at home with friends, or are you trying to take your mind off of it? I was at home with my family, actually. Um, we were kind of just sitting uh, sitting in my uh, my living room, and um, as, as, the, as the numbers passed by and stuff like that, they got longer. I kind of just started to go about my regular day and um i ended up uh getting hailed at from my brother actually we'd been keeping tabs earlier in the day that that i got picked and soon after that my phone kind of blew up with the with the you know the team calling and agents calling and stuff like that kind of just let me know everything that happened so um yeah it was a really exciting day and definitely one that uh, i won't forget yeah and uh, obviously you would have went to buffalo sabers camp you know what was that uh, what was that first pro camp experience like for you uh, super exciting. Anytime that you could throw on an NHL jersey and um, you know put yourself in front of the you know the best players in the world and the best league in the world, it's uh, um, you know the most probably exciting time of my life. Uh, being able to go uh, at the time was was Jack Eichel when uh, there was a lot of buzz in in Buffalo when he got selected. So I mean we were playing inter squad games with the sold out building, playing in front of nineteen thousand people. And, um, in a camp, so I, I definitely took out of a lot of uh, you know cool experiences and 
in my first year and um you know there's definitely a lot of uh, positives coming out of that camp for sure I know points aren't everything but your point totals in the Western League you know your first three years go from 24 to 51 to 74 do you feel like there was a, a you know a confidence shift in yourself heading into that year after getting drafted by Buffalo uh, for sure I think it, it also puts a little bit more pressure on you being able to uh you know, have to cut, like come up to the pressure and the expectations is is something that always drives me. Um, especially being a, a higher pick, I think that kind of pressure I put on myself to to bring the team out of out of that lull and bring the team into somewhere where I can see us winning a championship and being successful. Um, you know, over the span of my career, obviously we started uh, lower at the beginning, but I feel. I kind of helped along with other guys in, in the organization bring the team to where it needs to be and create a good culture and a good organization. Um, throughout my years as well, they they helped me in the same aspect in growing me as a player. So uh, a lot of good things to say when I played for Lesbridge, for sure. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the, the day you got traded, uh, I, I was one of the first people, I think I was the first person who talked to you when you arrived in Swift Currents. We, we did a quick chat, and you, you still seemed shocked by the whole thing. You know, you've, you've had a few years to reflect on it. Uh, you know, what what was that day like, the, the day that uh, you were called into the general manager's office in Lethbridge and said that you were Swift Current bound? Couldn't believe it. It was, uh, you know, my home for, for four years, and... Um, I had grown a, grown a pretty big life in, in Lethbridge and my billet dad that I had for four years were really tight. I had a, had a girlfriend at the time and in Lethbridge and, um, everything was, uh, you know, trending and, you know, Lethbridge being a place that, um, you know, I called home for a long time and, um, to get the phone call from actually one of my buddies in Swift Current on that day, um, it was, uh, you know, one of those days that it kind of just makes your heart stop and your heart drop, and you don't really know what's going on until, until it happens. So, um, yeah, it was a really crazy day, but obviously looking back at it, I'm really glad that day happened. And, um, you know, soon to have, uh, you know, some friends, you know, for life from that team. So, you know, it kind of brought me to my first time being traded and, and what it was like in the business of the sport and, um, you know, I understand, uh, you know, from both aspects, how, how, uh, that trade affected both teams. And, um, obviously I think it positively, positively affected both teams. So, um, you know, the Lethbridge has been, uh, was my home for a long time and, um, it was definitely a, a big state of shock when it happened for sure. Yeah. It obviously worked out well with uh, the championship, but how long do you think it took, you know, maybe once after, once you got to Swift Current, how long did it kind of take it to, to, for the realization to set in and, and to maybe kind of, uh, accept the deal for, for what it was? Um, I think I accepted it right away. It was just more of the comfortability level was, uh, was a little bit different. Um, being traded with, with Stuart Skinner, who it's someone I, I kind of grew up with, um, you know, since I was a really young young kid, um, obviously I played with with uh, Nags for a long time, and um, that kind of made it comfortable, kind of going in. Um, but knowing knowing Stuart Skinner for you know as long as I've known him since we were probably honestly pr- almost born, to be honest, um, and then one of my my lifelong best friends in, in Teo Gennaro too, kind of made it a little easier to you know go for ice cream with the guys or. Um, come to the rink and you know have a lot of fun so I think uh, the comfortability level is kind of something that helped settle in right at the beginning. 
Yeah, and behind the scenes with that team, you know, there were there were guys that had played in Swift Current for for three or four years, like Glenn Godden and Tyler Steenbergen, and then there were the new faces, like uh, you know, your, yourself and Matteo Gennaro and Beck Malenstein, the guys that were brought in for the run. You know, how did, from what you remember, how did all those different pieces gel together? Did it take some time, or was there some quick chemistry there? Do you recall? Um, I think my first game we played Edmonton and had about eight or eight or so goals, so I think. <laughs> Um, that was, uh, that was probably a big wake up call for our team to kind of know what the potential of our team was and, um, how exciting, you know, we could be. And, you know, even after I got traded, not knowing guys like Steiner or gods or those guys and, um, them giving me a text saying we could do something special is something that helped my comfortability level, you know, knowing how, um, good of players those guys were from playing against them and, um, you know, they were obviously having good years at the time as well. So knowing, uh, you know, how exciting and the buzz was around our team, around the city, um, you know, it was definitely a, an awesome experience for me. As the playoffs, you know, rolled around, you guys took out Regina and Moose Shaw. And so when you found out that you guys were going to play Lethbridge in round three, was there kind of a, a moment for you where you thought, I can't believe this is happening? Like, to times ten. <laughs> uh, it was... I couldn't believe it, but at the same time, the first thing that I was thinking is there is absolutely no way we can lose to this team or I'll never live it down. So, um, yeah, that was uh, right when right when I heard that we were, we were playing them um, because we had obviously gone to seven and they, I can't remember if they played Brandon. Brandon, I think it was second round. Um, knowing since we went to seven that, that we would play them, it was... Uh, you know, I remember saying to to Skins and Eggs that you know, there's no way we're losing the series. So that was definitely a a big uh, a big step that we needed to overcome. But it was an amazing series for sure. Well, in that series, it was really kind of a playoff coming out party for you because uh, you know you played hard in those first two series, but but the points just weren't there. But then six goals in in those six games against Lethbridge, including a hat trick. Uh, you know what what was it that just really seemed to go right for you that series? Uh, I honestly probably think the the will to win. Um, you know, something that um like I said before, I don't I don't think I would have been able to live down losing to them and um, you know, having the chance to to go to the finals and um, you know, for my whole career having proved that, you know, I, I need wanted a chance to win and um, you know, Peter Ann Holt trading me kinda gave me that chance and you know, lo and behold playing them to, to kinda try and get in the in the championship was, um, you know, a hurdle that uh, you know a few of us needed to overcome. They gave us a good, uh, a good battle, and it was an amazing series. And I mean, it was kind of weird getting coming back and getting booed every time I touched the puck. But uh, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. But you know, that uh, speaks to you know the city of Lethbridge, how um, you know exciting a time we had, and how much they're passionate about their players and. Um, you know anything? Uh, anything I can take out of Lethbridge and, and Swift Current and the series and all that stuff was uh, it was pretty memorable and pretty amazing. And I won't forget it. I'm sure you guys were confident, basically the whole playoff run, that you could and, and would win the championship. But I, I'm am I right in thinking there was probably a turning point after Game Two against Everett when you came back from down three nothing and then you get the overtime winner? Um, I think I think the turning point. And how exciting it was! It might have been in Game Three when when we played in Everett and won in their barn because we had to play three games in a row. If I'm correct, in 
mm-hmm. in uh, in Everett. So, yeah, I think my goal was definitely something that helped our team stay out of the the two zero deficit. Um, but I think kind of the comfortability of playing on the road and um, playing on the road, especially in playoffs, is a really hard thing to do. And and to win games that are really meaningful um, to to a championship run. And I think you know God came alive in that series and. Uh, I can't remember which game it was, but he had a he had a hat trick, um, you know, playing in in their building, and I think that was that was definitely a, a big series for all of us to kind of buckle down and um, you know get the crucial games at the crucial times, and I think that uh, that game was definitely an exciting time for us. What was that? Uh, what was that road trip to Everett like? Uh, you know, off the ice, was there was there some the usual fun in the hotel, the goofing around, or was it uh, an all business approach? Uh, I think it was more of a more of the classic kind of road road uh, atmosphere. I mean, there's there's a little bit of sense of, of seriousness and um, you know making sure you're getting to bed on time and stuff like that. It might be a little bit different than other nights, but. Um, that kind of all adds to the pressure of, of the atmosphere and of the situation that we were put in. Um, obviously, it was it was a long time ago, and um, thinking back on it, um, how exciting the time was. You know, we couldn't believe how uh, how close of a group of guys we had um, from only being traded, you know, at the deadline and stuff like that, kind of gathering everyone together at the same time even still texting those guys to this day so um you know it, it was definitely a, an amazing uh group of guys and just you know i think that all attributes to having a close team and and being successful kind of go hand in hand so i think uh you know we definitely rallied around a good coach and around a good team game six you score what turns out to be the championship winning goal uh, on home ice is that one of those moments where you'll never forget it or was it kind of like you almost blacked out in the moment um, you know, I, I've been able and fortunate enough in, in my, in my life to, to be in, you know, big opportunities and in big games. And, um, you know, fortunately for, for this game and, uh, I rose to the occasion and got that goal to kind of help our team, um, you know, when turns out, you know, it's the game winner at the end of the game and skins had an amazing game locking it down for us. Was the game one nothing or two nothing or three nothing? I can't like. remember because it was just such an amazing time for my life, and um, you know you don't really have, after the fact focus on the little parts of oh who scored this goal, who scored that goal. It's, you know the fact that you're a champion. Um, you know, that's the stuff that kind of takes it uh, takes it to the next level. So um, yeah, I mean there's there's definitely a bunch of of times throughout the playoffs that I could kind of pick out. Um, where it's a scenario, it's I can't believe I'm in this situation. Like it's you know one of the most surreal moments of your life. So there's definitely a a lot of those kind of ever since I got traded to Swift. So it was uh, it was a pretty amazing time. Yeah, and after you know a long career in the Western Hockey League, you you get to end it by raising the Edge Oath Cup on on home ice. And you know your your time in Swift Current, uh, you know a, a fitting end for it, eh? Yeah, I, I couldn't believe getting traded to Swift Current because it was definitely uh, not one of my favorite places to play um, <laughs> against that team when when I was growing up. So um, to to fall in love with the city and the fans and the atmosphere and everything, kind of how it how it all ended and stuff, was a pretty good story to the end of the career. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned that uh, Swift Current maybe not being the most hospitable place for you as as a member of the opposition, but uh, you know, one thing I do remember uh, was you played your 300th game, or there was a. a 
pregame ceremony commemorating your 300th game and, and 300 points to go along with it. And you were still relatively new to the franchise, and I remember a pretty big ovation. That must have been something special from a bunch of fans that were booing you not that long before. Yeah. Um, ever since I kind of came to Swift Current, uh, I had that, that vibe of, of a warm city and everyone was really excited. And I remember, you know, after the trade and stuff like that, there was the ticket season ticket sales were, were skyrocketing through the roof. And, um, you know, my bill at Andrea would get, um, calls every day about, you know, tickets were available or they sold out. Um, and I honestly couldn't believe it. Um, being home and having people, you know, come to our house to talk about the game. And, you know, uh, I was meeting you know, people left, right and center because the city was, was so hopped up and, you know, it was, it was amazing to see and kind of gave you that excitement to go to the rink and play every day. Um, knowing that, you know, the, the crowd was, you know, on, on a different level of noise and, um, different level of excitement is, was, uh, you know, a lot of the things that I said before, I, I can take out of it and put into words of how cool it was. You made that transition to pro hockey uh, the following year. Uh, how did your deal with uh, the Toronto Marlies kind of come together? Um, I, I thought I came into camp pretty uh, pretty good and gave myself a good showing. Um, obviously got sent down at the beginning, um, knowing that our team was going to be um, probably one of the upper echelon teams of the league in, in Newfoundland. And uh, quickly, like I said before, I fell in love with the city and um, how how cool of a place it is, and it's definitely unique and different. And um, you know, having a good team right from the get go was something that um, you know I tried to pride myself in and turn on my game to the pro level and making sure that um, you know I was giving my best chance to get called up and show them well. So um, you know, obviously things went well in the first season, and um, you know I, I attribute a lot of success to to my team. We were we're a really solid team, just like the year before in Swift. Well, yeah, and you guys win the Kelly Cup last year, and uh, it must be a bummer for you for not being able to be part of an, another playoff run because you had three in a row there between Lethbridge, Swift Current, and then in, in Newfoundland. But uh, uh, put you on the spot a little bit here. What's uh, winning uh, winning a championship in Newfoundland or winning a championship in Swift Current? Which night out was more fun? Oh. <laughs> oh. Back-to-back back years. Like, yeah, back-to-back back years is... Definitely exciting. I can't can't explain enough how much how much I love to win. So um, it's it's a feeling that you know. Obviously, I'm fortunate. I know a lot. Not a lot of people get to to get to go through. And um, I think equally in the in their own right, they were they were both special in, in different ways. Like I explained, in Swift Current, the buzz around the city and how excited um, everything was and how tight our group was and, you know, kind of just our road to having, you know, the first two series going to seven, how, you know, crazy our division was coming before playoffs. Um, you know, that in Swift Current, that's kind of what made everything so special and the excitement around the city. And in Newfoundland, I think, uh, like I said, in their own respects, they were both different. And, um, you know, there was a lot of positives uh, kind of coming into the, the end of uh, the playoffs in Newfoundland. And I think they were both, you know, equally as exciting and, Equally as, uh, you know, I'm equally as happy to win both of them for sure. You played uh, 25 fewer games for the Growlers this year, but put up pretty much the same amount of points. Uh, do you feel like you're getting more and more ready to make that jump uh, to the American League, uh, maybe full-time next season? Yeah, I mean, I got uh, got a pretty decent chance at, at playing in the American League this uh, this past year and played uh, was there for quite a while and um, kind of got the, the glimpse and what the – 
you know, the traits of being an American League player is. And, um, you know, I think coming into this long off season, I have a lot of things to look at that, that can give myself the, the ability to, to make that next step and be a consistent everyday American League player. And obviously, uh, you know, everyone's trying to move up and everyone's trying to um, be uh, be at the NHL one day. So um, everyone's got to take a step, and that's what I'm kind of hoping to do this year is take a step. Well, and we're hoping that uh, that season for you and for everybody else starts sooner than later. But uh, in the meantime, we'll play the hand that we're dealt. And, and thank you very much for joining us on the Broncos This Week podcast, Giorgio. It was, uh, it was awesome to catch up and, and relive some of those memories from your perspective, man. Yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to think about it and relive those memories too. So it's, uh, yeah, I appreciate it. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. A big thanks to our guests on Broncos This Week. We went down the pipeline and talked to second and third round picks, Grayson Brzezinski and Liam Saxberg. And great to catch up with uh, Swift Current Bronco alum. And, uh, you know, a guy during that 2018 playoff run uh, really, really made valuable contributions, Giorgio Estefan. Yeah, it was cool to get his perspective on kind of everything that was going on and uh, just his feelings on, on the move and then, you know, fitting in with the group here and uh, how things all came together and kind of a, a bit of a breakdown there of the, the league final and then when he sort of felt that the team maybe turned a corner and, and kind of knew that they were they were most likely going to uh, going to claim the championship. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, one thing that kind of gets forgotten, too, the Memorial Cup didn't go the way that the uh, 2018 Broncos would have hoped, but Giorgio, actually the team's leading scorer in that tournament, he had six points in just the three games. So he's a guy who, uh, from a very, very young age, really, really was able to elevate his game when his team needed him, and it was great to catch up with Giorgio Estefan, hopefully back on the ice uh, before too long as a uh, member of the Toronto Maple Leafs organization. All right, we'll kind of throw out last call here for people to bid on those jerseys to support a Swift Current Bronco night out for frontline healthcare workers. Yeah, again, just a great fundraiser. Uh, everyone who's working on the front line of, um, you know, health uh, is, is doing a, an unbelievable job of, of uh, keeping the spread of COVID-19 pretty pretty clear here in, in uh, Saskatchewan. So uh, those people deserve all the credit they can get. And, and uh, just a small part the Broncos are trying to do is, is raise some money for them to once this is all sort of uh, settled down, to have a nice and relaxing night out uh, in the Broncos suite, and uh, the money will go towards that, and also a $100 food and beverage voucher for those uh, folks to enjoy a night out here at the IPlex uh, next season. So uh, last chance to bid on those. The auction ends at 8 p.m. on Thursday, uh, April 30th. There's a link on the Broncos website. As soon as you go to the website, it's the top news story with the full details of the of the auction, and there's a link in that post. You can find it rather easily. Exactly. Check out your favorite Swift Current Broncos uh, account on whatever social platform you use the most, and uh, we'll have a link on there as well, uh, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. All right. Thanks again to our guests on Broncos this week, Liam Saxberg, Grayson Berzinski, and Giorgio Estefan. That'll do it for another edition of Broncos This Week. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.